Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, proud member of Empire Media. I'm your host, casting live from Baltimore, Maryland. Coach Jay Lewis, fresh off winning two out of two fantasy basketball championships. Goat James <laughs> has arrived. I inched out two very, very close matchups. And at the end of the day, you know how fantasy is. It's all it's about a little bit about lady luck winning by one block in one of my leagues. Like that really separated things. Uh but, you know, Lady Luck showed her face and I uh, came out victorious. So I'm a little happy about that. I'm celebrating championships. Another championship I'm celebrating this weekend, my mom and my stepfather celebrating 25 years of marriage. So that's a that's a, even a greater championship, if you ask me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are joined by a group of distinguished, handsome individuals starting live from an undisclosed location, a man who analyzes not just all things economics, basketball and football but all genres of movies including most recently mortal Kombat. co-host of triple play fantasies movie minutes none other than mr bradley kilgore what up appreciate that plug man yeah everybody go go uh subscribe to the youtube feed and, and watch that absolutely yeah no spoilers here to tell you whether it's a, a thumbs up or thumbs down but it's a thumbs down we can spoil it <laughs> it's a movie <laughs> to quote Johnny Foosball, and uh, I saw it, uh, you know, if you have some drinks, I wouldn't mind it just kind of being in the ambiance. But sure, you're looking sure. for a good plot, you ain't going to find it in, in Mortal Kombat. I don't hate that take, actually. That's a good – it's it's one of those movies you watch, like, at 2 a.m. It's playing yeah. on TBS or something, you know? The night's dwindling down. It's Saturday yeah, evening, and exactly. you just got – you got nothing. You're on Netflix fishing around like, nah, okay, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. All right, and next, uh, my teammate of Coach's Corner on our Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel. We just uh, put together a Tim Duncan legacy video that's going to come out later this week. Represent Fresno, California, a guy who's leading candidate for Girl Dad of the Year. You can find him at, at Boys underscore 22, and that is Coach Kevin Coleman. What's up, guys? How are we doing today? I'm excited to talk a little basketball and talk about some legends, and that's kind of why we're here. Absolutely. And um, I just find myself getting a little emotional. Speaking of, especially Kobe Bryant, this thing's come up. It hits you. In, it hits you in waves, and I think that we all can relate. Whether um, you're you're younger, you're in high school, or whether you're older and you've seen his entire career, he, this guy just affected everyone. And last but not least, we welcome in a man who owns his own vending company over in the DMV, two seventy vending, as well as the owner of a nonprofit organization, the Guardians of sport whose mission is to manage sponsor youth and adult sports teams for tournaments and leagues as well as providing assistance to individuals with disabilities and financial instabilities a guy who also happens to be my best friend and groomsman to my wedding this summer a boy dad of two mr anthony brown or as i call him foe nice to be here um i love the introduction um can't wait for your wedding coming up 
um, the groom, the man, James Lewis. Uh, nice to be here with you, Brad and Kevin. And it's an honor. And I don't know if you could hear some of that in the background. I'll play a little bit later, but the Gardens of Sport have their own shoe and soundtrack. Well, let's get started. In today's session, we speak on subjects of basketball and more than basketball, such as the WNBA is back. Stewie gets a signature shoe. Kareem Abdul gets a social justice champion award named after him. Jalen Brown out. James Harden in. Donovan Mitchell. We're playing the waiting game. Play in matchups and daily fantasy players to target. We're also going to talk, as always, our performance of the week. Maybe a milestone or record broken. Also, who you got for coach of the year. And finally, our question of the week. We're sharing our memories and favorite player from the illustrious 2020 Hall of Fame class and ceremonies. But first, a little news and notes. We just wrapped up with the NBA regular season. And with one story ends, another begins. That is the WNBA season. Just started. The uniforms got a cool, nice little rebrand. Brianna Stewart now has a signature shoe contract with Puma. This is the ninth women's signature shoe contract ever. Thoughts on this year's WNBA season and Stewie getting a little extra cash. We're going to start with Foe. Man, uh, those jerseys, I checked them out, seeing them again. Uh, they're fresh, crisp. Uh, shots out and props to Nike, WNBA, for making that happen for our women. Um, I think that Brianna Stewart getting that contract with Puma, they're going to go well together. Those shoes are going to pop, man. And, um, yeah, um, they're going to be balling all around the country, all around the world with those with those shoes. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. You know, we need, to, we need to stay behind our woman, support our woman, back them. Some of the strongest women I know, people I know, in um, this world are women, from my mom to my wife. My grandma, my my aunts, my sister. I could be here for days. You know, these women raise young men out here. And uh, so I'm all for it. Let's 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 this is just the beginning. Let's keep it up, supporting our women. So shouts out to the WNBA, Nike, and definitely Brianna Stewart. She's a beast. Yeah, she is the best player in our uh, women's game. Brad, a little piggyback. Yeah, man, you know, it's interesting. I, I agree with everything Ant said. Um, as, as far as the jerseys go, I actually don't love the jerseys. One thing I loved about, you know, the WNBA jerseys were they almost had like a minor league feel to them, like a minor league baseball feel to them where the logos were very prominent, uh, very bright colors. And I think this redo, it looks more like, you know, AAU or NBA style where it's like it's very standardized and, and toned down a little bit. Um, as far as... Brianna Stewart's shoe deal, I think that's huge. Like you said, only the ninth woman's player ever to get a shoe deal. I think it's really cool that Puma stepped up. They're trying to get into the the name brand business, you know, signing a lot of high-profile athletes. Um, but one thing, you know, historically, like in the NBA, big men don't sell shoes. It's, it's always the guards. Um, and Brianna Stewart, she's probably the best player in the WNBA, but I'm surprised I didn't go for, you know, a guard, you know, somebody that is more likely to be flashy, more likely to sell shoes than than a bigger player. But um, I, it's hard to say you can go wrong getting the best player. So we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm rooting for it, though. I think it's a great move. And that is an interesting take. Kevin? 
Yeah, I know. Shout out to Sabrina Anescu last night hitting the game winner. Uh, yeah, that's man. my girl. I love watching her play. Uh, she Maybe she should have got the deal. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would have gone with Sabrina Anescu if I was going to go with somebody yeah. to get She's got all the personality. Yeah. She will. She'll get a deal. Um, she will get a deal. She's good. You know, I love watching her play. Uh, I actually got to talk to Kelly Graves last year on a podcast, and he said that she, oh, she's, wow. one of the, she's one of the best. He's one of the, you know, competitors at every practice, everything coming in the game. So, um, I'm interested to see where she goes. And I, I always loved coaching girls. I coached girls uh, JV basketball my first year ever coaching at high school level. Uh, and that was my favorite team. Uh, they were tough. You could yell at them way more than boys. Boys are emotional. Trust oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything. Boys are way more emotional. I know we always hear the opposite. It's not. They care about all things. Girls, they care about winning. And they'll do whatever they can. They'll be in the gym. I never had one girl miss practice. Boys, I got a headache, coach. <laughs> like, it, it, it's the complete Every opposite. time we got to do sprints, is a headache. <clears throat> yeah. every And the girls, man, uh, I had this girl named Darling. She was a little kid, uh, a little mom kid, and she was our point guard. She dislocated her finger and had poked her eye to where it was almost shut, and she just finished the game. Uh, wow. And, you know, I got boys out here that, you know, they can't do that. So I, I love watching girl basketball. Uh, I, and with my two girls, I'm excited to get them involved and get them going. Sprained ankles, headaches. I, any time I could miss practice, I would. Yeah, figures. Figures, Brad. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um and to me, uh, two stars embodying exactly what Mamba mentality means with two cold-blooded game winners. The GOAT of women's basketball right now, Diana Taurasi, making a three. You have to have so much confidence uh, when you start the game two for 11, but then you you have the, the game winner at the buzzer. Um, and then um, the reigning rookie of the year and future of the league, Sabrina Ionescu, as we just said, she taps in and says, I'm ready for this moment. She comes off a down screen, very Kobe-esque. Uh, she hits the game winner off the down screen. Like I just said, she finished with 25, six boards and 11 dimes. Um, it's amazing how all around she is. The, the league is bright future with girls like her, Paige Beckers and Azzy Fudd coming Man, soon. Paige, and Paige Beckers and Azzy Fudd, you talk about a shoe deal. They're good. They're both going to get some shoe deals, man. And it's, and they have confidence and swag and, um, it's funny because Kobe has interactions with all of these. I mean, we had Sabrina speaking, um, you know, at, at his um, at his his life celebration and his relationship with or her relationship with G with Gianna and how much Kobe's uh, Mamba mentality and Mamba uh, Academy helped with her and helped her advocate some of these younger girls. So it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch and. Um, yeah, shout out to w, the, the WNBA because, you know, as we, it's well documented that they're not getting paid uh, their just due and they're getting paid more overseas. So they have to go like from ending a season one day, three days later, hopping on a plane and come to America and then having to perform in the Olympics. Like they don't get they don't get days off. They don't ever get to rest. And that's why you kind of see some of these uh, players like opt out uh, from time to time. But uh, I'm not. I'm going to do a little free plug. I, I forget what it's called. Um, I saw a commercial for it on SportsCenter. Uh, they were doing a documentary on how the women were handling the um, the whole, uh, like, Derek yeah, Chauvin Sh trial. Shanae Abumuke Abum is uh, executive yes, producing executive that, producing. and it, it follows the wobble. Um, yeah. And I think it's like 144, the total days that they spent in I, the, the women's like bubble. That. Yeah, yeah. So that, I think that's the title of it, like 144 or something like that. I'm pretty and positive it comes out this week, and I, I'm yeah. going to tune in. Or maybe it's Sunday. I think it's the Sunday. The trailer was really interesting because they really had, like, a truly honest discussion. And um, they were talking about how, like, you know, 
we have to look out for ourselves because at the end of the day, you know, if if we decided to cancel our season, the men wouldn't follow suit. Like we have to think of ourselves as a as a our own entity. And they were talking about how like we they have to respect how you know some of these women there are there they're there for a check. Like that's how they make money. And if you do that just to do it, you know, you could be causing a lot of damage to careers and livelihoods. So it was just a really interesting dichotomy to how everybody was feeling and what they wanted to do in that moment. So that's something I'll definitely be watching. Yeah, and I think they're celebrating 25 years uh, since the WNBA was was created, and they don't have too many like documentaries on the women's game. It's always something I'm interested in. Right. I, I love Women of Troy that was on HBO, but I, I'm really um, glued into this one because I, re- I really can't wait to see some of the behind-the-scenes action that happened. And they were so strong with the social justice advocacy in the, in the Wubble, and yeah, it kind of – piggybacks into our next uh, topic of conversation, and that is um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar named after this Social Justice Champion Award. What does this mean for you, Fo? You know, I think it's a, a very strategic award to come up with, you know, to always remind the players and um, the viewers what's really important out here. So for every year, you know, for um, – for us to, you know, focus in on that, I think that that's uh, that's why I have a lot of love for the NBA. You know, they're definitely been the leaders and by far the most, you know, out of all professional sports behind social justice. And you know that that's a really uh, amazing. Yeah, they're they're at the front of the race, and um, the winner of this award will select an organization to receive a hundred thousand dollars contribution on their behalf, and then the other four finalists all get twenty five thousand dollars that are going to go to their selected organization. So yeah, there we go. Adam Silver and the NBA kind of being the, at the forefront of some of these more important subjects in our world. Brad. Yeah. I, I watched a, a documentary on Kareem a little while ago and, you know, he's, he's very proud of his accomplishments on the court and, you know, all that he got to achieve. But one thing he said that like he wishes he had done differently was how he treated his family, how he treated his wives and, um he i think he he's at a a point in his life where he just wants to touch people and make a difference you know off the court since he can't play anymore and i I think this award probably means a lot more to him than you know maybe some of his championships for where he's at in his life right now so i i think it's great you know you see him on the the nba tv commercials with the the vaccine advocacy like he's just doing a lot of work to to try to 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 make his mark on the community, so I, I think it's great. I'm I'm happy for him. And 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 for me, and I think that was beautifully said. Is uh, it, it, there's no greater man to be honored by this award. Yeah. He's been in the trenches since civil rights movement, dating back to the 1960s. Here, sitting at the table with yeah. Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, and Bill Russell, and he's just been an advocate this entire time. He earned that Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the nation's highest civilian honor. Um, he created the Skyhook Foundation uh, most recently that's aimed to providing educational STEM opportunities to underserved communities. Um, and then the future of the NBA, with NBA players using their platforms more and more and being advocates for social injustice um, and the police brutality. We've seen Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, LeBron, Dwayne, even Kyle Korver, Jason Tatum, Jeremy Lin, um, just to name a few. Um, but this is a great chance to recognize their efforts and hopefully make the world a better place. 
All right, so we do have to talk a little injuries. It's kind of been a theme of this season, and um, injury reports indicate that Jalen Brown, who's having a career year cut short, um, and it puts the the Celtics season um, and playoff play in limbo. Uh, what's your take on this, uh, whether that's Jalen Brown related or it's, or it's Celtics? We're going to start with Kev. Yeah, this Celtics season has been a disaster. Uh, I'm sure they're ready for this thing to be over. Uh, and, you know, I think the one thing for me that is interesting is what's going to happen with Brad Stevens. Because I've always said that he's one of the best X's and O's guys, but he hasn't been yeah. able to take that team over the hump. At some point, you got to move on. And I'm interested to see. Hopefully, it's after next year, so he goes to Duke. Uh, but I, I, I'm hoping, you know, when you look at kind of what he does and can he – Where's he going to go? Because I don't know if they can keep him there. Danny Ainge hasn't done a great job building around those guys. They have too many pieces that are the same. Kimba just couldn't stay healthy. And then now you have Browns to get now. And then Tatum's had his things. There's COVID and all this stuff going on. Um, and I don't know. That team is really uh, – it's crazy to think that they might have to blow it up or, or at least get a different piece in there. I'm curious to hear your take. Like, would you, do you have a, a guy in, in, in mind or somebody that you think that would uh... – I mean, we're going to talk about coach of the year later on, but somebody that would come in and, and impact that organization to to something winning. I mean, it's been winning, but like to get over that hump. I think it starts at the top. I think GM, I think Ainge just kind of run his course. Uh, mm. I, I don't know if he's built that team enough to where, you know, he's had his chance. And in his championship that he had, he got Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce there. Um, other than that, he hasn't shown that he's, he's been able to kind of fit a squad together. And then the other teams in the East are just getting better. And if you can't beat the Nets, I don't know what you're going to do. Cause I don't think anybody can beat the Nets. Uh, so that's just, if they're healthy. So I think it starts with Ainge and then they have to look from the top down. And that's a little bit of a spice, a spicy take, but I can kind of, I can see where you're coming from on that. Um, because obviously Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge are, are touted as some of the best in there positions but there there is a certain point where it, it maybe you ran your course uh too long and it's you know the same voice maybe isn't isn't working um brad yeah no I, I think it's interesting that kevin brought that up because when i think of a coach especially a coach of young players when you're judging them you have to ask yourself you know are their young players progressing and Jalen brown and jason tatum have gotten better every single year so to me, that means that Brad Stevens has done an excellent job. It's not his job to make a championship team. That's Danny Ainge's. And Danny Ainge has admittedly said they're not built for a championship this year. And they're not, definitely not going to do anything with Jalen Brown out for the rest of the year. But they probably weren't anyway. Um, as far as Danny Ainge, um, you know, he, he made a bet and it was a bad bet. It didn't pan out. Like he thought he would be able to do something with the picks and – he wasn't, and with the picks, he took, you know, Romeo Langford, which has not panned out yet. Like, it's – he made a bet, and it failed, and that's fine. Just own up to it and move on. I think he's still an excellent GM. Um, we mentioned his championship. Like, once you have a championship with a roster that you you pretty much finessed out of nowhere, um, I think that gives you the leeway to, to have some failures. And I, I think – I think it's not time to to kind of blow it up yet. I don't think you trade Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. I think you build around them. They they need a front court. They don't have one yet. They'll get one. Um, I, I I'm not particularly worried about the Boston Celtics' future. I just think they're not as good as you know some of the top three four teams in the East yet. But you know the basketball changes very quickly, and 
if they get a big, if they you know somehow force a trade, we could be talking about a completely different team next year. They had Miles Turner on the table. They could have done a, a sign and trade with Gordon Hayward, and I don't understand because he, he fits that team perfectly. He can stretch and he protects the paint. He fits that team perfectly, but I don't know that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Miles Turner is a core that I'd want for the next <laughs> you know five to six years. So I, I don't blame them for not making that deal. His number is at like I think seventeen, eighteen, but they elected yeah. to pay Tristan Thompson nine mil and. I, I do, know. I do like, I do like Miles Turner. He's just not. That's not the guy. Like, that's not the guy you make the bet on. I would, I would have loved. I did just even just look to see it out. But uh, you know, we can't, yeah. we can't go back in time. And be like, oh, what if uh, this trade happened? I know, right? Um, but yeah, I think he's just been a little tentative on these decisions. Some of those picks he's held on. They, they draft this yeah. the same position, and it's like they never used, like, put them together to move up and get a guy. And I think even in this last draft, they faltered in that. Follow and you know we don't we don't know the behind the scenes right like he could have been trying to be wheeling and dealing but and everyone like, said don't pick happened. up like the exactly. memo got out exactly yeah. don't so pick we'll up never know Fall, what's your take on the Celts? Yeah, man, I'm I'm with Kevin and Brad. I mean, you got to look at higher up. You know what I mean? Like it's it's been a lot of years um, going on. You know, they had Kyrie, Isaiah, um, but like Brad said, I mean these these two boys they've been knocking down doors for a while. Know with or without those stars, they you know they get business handled. And I just want to give love to Jalen Brown. I mean, like your guy Jay said, Jay, um, your guy LeBron said in the All Star draft, Jalen unappreciated Brown, and he he's been putting in work for for years, you know, a couple years now, and he finally got his recognition. And uh, it hurts. It's unfortunate that he had to have you know a season ending injury. Where he, you know, came out and him and J- him and uh, Tatum, man, I was looking forward to seeing what them two guys could do. So, like, um, I don't think we should give up on them yet. Uh, um, if they can just get uh, another guy to go with them, I mean, I would love to see them with Greek Freak, but you know, I know that's not happening. Yeah, that's dreams, bro. Hey. But uh, like, they, they Coach, both are. Yeah, they both. You remember? Our, you remember our argument about uh, Jalen Brown? Yeah, the comparison with Tatum, like what, like who would you kind of take no, over? No, I mean, I'm. <laughs> I got. No, I mean the part, the part oh, where, uh, Tatum. the part where I was saying that you know Tatum can still continue yeah. to progress, yeah. and you thought this was like a ceiling. Do you still think that, or do I, you think he's going to be? I, I, well, he was an All Star this year. He was. Uh-huh. He's all NBA contention. Although he won't mm-hmm. make one of the first three teams. Um, could I see him getting on there? Uh, possibly. Uh, okay. But I, I think this is this is kind of like the Jalen Brown that that we we were, we're looking for. I mean, it, I think his average 20, 21, 22. Um, yep. He could he could get it up like maybe a couple points here. But um, he I don't know. He gets better every single year. So maybe I, maybe I need to take that back. His efficiency <laughs> this year. Um, I still don't think he's he's in the like conversation of say like like Tatum as I as I was pointing out. Uh, I, I just don't think it, I, I think there is a ceiling to him. But I hey, let these guys grow up together. Uh, Jordan and Pippen did not win championships at the beginning of the career. Although you know the mass public point. thinks that they just won six championships and didn't do any losing. That's right. They, they, they lost year after year. year. Yeah, they don't have they, a Scottie Pippen yet. They need and they one. developed together. And hey, it was a coaching change. 
uh, uh-huh. to fill that really uh, changed the trajectory of that franchise. And I mean, a, I mean, a Rodman. They don't. They need a Rodman. I said they need a Scotty. They need. Well, a Rodman. they needed a Horace Grant first. Like, but I no, yeah, I see. Too. I see what you're that saying. Too. Um, so we'll see. We're rooting for you. And uh, J- Jason Tatum, I don't care who they're playing. He's dropping 40 plus in that oh, in that man. playing game. I don't he know if they'll win, but you can't count them out. They might they, they could beat any of those playing playing teams. All right. Some uh, some stars with injuries and recoveries for uh, teams chasing championships. Um, some of them organically, the Utah Jazz, some of them uh, inorganically uh, forcing their way uh, of, of superstarting together. And that is um, Donovan Mitchell, they don't let him play the last uh, couple games of the season. And when they make that announcement, it's like two games left. So I think they'll bring him back in the playoffs. And then James Harden did come back. He had a chill 18, seven and 11 assists <laughs> in 26 minutes of play. Um, thoughts on either of them and what their return means for their teams. Fo. Um, as far as jazz, they're a well-built, you know, team. Uh, I feel like they're going to, you know, they're gonna make some. They're gonna cause some problems in the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell, he got to play like a superstar to get them over to get them over that hump. If he plays like a superstar, um, yeah, they're championship contenders, I, I believe. And uh, and James Harden, bro, if he had a championship, because you know, Jay, I'm a championship type of guy. Uh, if Everybody he, evaluating these players, it's like you gotta you gotta have the ship. Yeah, if he had a ship underneath his belt, I'll be calling him the best player in the league right now. Stop you know it! Stop but, it! I mean, before he got injured, but he don't he don't have a championship, so he you know he he got to prove something to me. You know, he got to go game seven, game six in the Eastern Conference Finals, get to that championship, and, and um yeah, go ahead and go ahead and put that belt on him. So like I, I want to see him do that, you know. What I'm saying I want to see if he if he's really about that action. Yeah, but the in track fairness record to that says, hard intake, in fairness to that hard intake, he was like an MVP front runner before he got hurt. Yeah, he. I think he had just kind of t- taken over the momentum with uh, LeBron going down and um, mm-hmm. and Embiid going down, and he he was just playing top tier basketball. But I mean, the track records points out that he fails in time and time again in the biggest of games. And he can't get his team over the hump, so we have to put. We know that we have to put that responsibility on his he's, shoulders, and, he's never had a team and we like could this, it, and we could if, uh, yeah. But he's had he's played with great players for years and years now. Whether it's Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, or uh, you know Dwight Howard, whoever you want to fill in, um, he's had really good teams and opportunities. It's, it's on his shoulders um, to to lift his team beyond that point. And there's nothing wrong with being a top twenty five player all time. But like if he if he gets these championships, we're looking at top you know top fifteen. Um, that's kind of the separator. Uh, Kev, I mean to Fo's point, I mean Harden always doesn't show up in the playoffs, and they should have beat the Warriors with Paul in that series. And Harden did not step up, and I think that he needs to step up in the playoffs. Uh, I think that. He might ha- he might not have to though. He might have to just do enough. He's still playing with Kevin Durant and yeah, Kyrie. But, that, but does that help out his legacy though? Like it will so, eventually. I mean, Kevin Durant still gets. I know he gets a lot yeah. of heat for it, but at the same they time, he did win Finals MVP two times. Yeah, they now he's top. He's considered yeah. top ten all time. So that's fine. But I, I I think that if he he wins, but you know Durant and I Kyrie, who I love Kyrie, I think both those guys, if they do better than him, they'll be like, yeah, you won, but. Like he never was able to 
get his team there. And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't do well, and then they lose, damn, I think there's a lot of pressure on Harden. Like Kyrie has his ring, Durant has his rings, Harden doesn't. And if Harden doesn't show up again, and somehow they lose, like, hey, the the Sixers are not a joke. Like they are legit. And if they don't get that one seed. Uh, I could see the Nets having a tough struggle in that second round, and then they got to go play the Sixers, and then they got to be as long as he stays healthy. And my boy Simmons, uh, I think that it can be a it can be a challenge. So I think Harden has a ton of pressure. Uh, I don't care about Donovan Mitchell; he's not good anyway. So I'm not going to go there. So we'll just, <laughs> yeah. we'll just stay at Harden. Yeah, we've been down that road, yeah. even though we we all just ignore that he had two games of 50 plus last year. That's well, great. Uh, still yeah. not going to do anything in the playoffs. Holy moly, he averages 27 in his playoff career. All right, go ahead, uh, Brad. All right, so the Utah Jazz, the way I feel about them is it's kind of interesting. So they've got the number one net rating in the league. They've got the fourth best defense and the third best offense. With that said, the only way I see Utah doing damage in the playoffs is if Donovan Mitchell averages like 30, and that's not the kind of bet I'm willing to make um, just because the game slows down in the playoffs and they're going to key in on him. I'd rather have Ingles or Bogdanovich beat me than than Donovan Mitchell, and I think that's what teams are going to do. Um, so I, I, I don't think that the Donovan Mitchell injury matters too much like him coming back isn't gonna it's not gonna put them over the hump i don't think um as for the nets you know continuity is the name of the game man and they just have not all three of them have not played together they've played what eight games together um so once once you get to the playoffs yeah once you get to the playoffs and they've never had any you know trials or tribulations to go through they've never been they've never been tested yet they don't know who's going to take the last shot when when the time comes, they don't know who's going to take the ball up when the time comes. Ky- Kyrie's going to want to do it, even though, you know, James Harden has been gifted that that point guard position. Um, and for my money, I'd rather have Kyrie take the shot than KD, but KD's a better player than Kyrie. So what do you do? So there's just too much. There's too much to deal with for me to think that the Nets are going to win the championship this year, or even come out of the East. I just think they I think they have a lot of talent, probably the most talent in the league, but just like the Heat when they first got going, they need some continuity. They need to, they need to have time together before I think they can really do some damage in the playoffs. So, I, both of those teams, I don't think, I don't think they're, they're there yet. All right. So a couple things. Uh, I, one, I would never count out the Brooklyn Nets. They are the most talented team in in the league. This is one of the hardest playoffs to predict because of these injuries coming in. I think the pressure is more off of him. Um, because it's not going to like he can have the game in balance and he can he can kick it to Katie. He can kick it to Kai to finish it. And I think, yeah, he's going to be the he's going to have the ball in his hands to dictate that offense. But he he's he's a beautiful, beautiful passer of the basketball. And he knows how to get people in their in their spots. Okay. And Kyrie mm-hmm. can isolate anybody. And, and KD is 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 about untouchable as they get. And but all this is theory right now, right? This like, is all theory. We have seen it in practice. But when we have seen James on the court, that is when the Brooklyn Nets look the best. That's when they're clicking on all cylinders offensively. And um, I think the, the the league really needs to be on watch. And like to Brad's point, I think we might be a, a year away from it. But when they get a summer together and they get maybe some luck with these injuries, I, I can see them cutting down the Nets next year now. Also – uh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you again, Coach. No, you good. Blake Griffin, man. How good does he look now? That came Bruce, out of nowhere. Bruce Brown, Landry Shamit. Yeah. Uh, this team is deep. 
Uh, Joe Harris knows his bona fide role. They have a they have a closing four and whoever else is playing well, depending on the matchups. They are scary. They're scary as as all get out. Um, so we can't wait to watch them in the playoffs. Now, for me on Donovan, I know that I'm a Donovan Mitchell defender here on on Triple Play Fantasy. I think that he gets bashed more than anyone else. I think he's one of our great young players in the in the NBA and um, Utah. They you know they play the most beautiful brand of basketball. They got cohesion on both ends. They move the basket uh, basketball better than anyone else. Uh, Joe Ingles about to set a record for two shooting shooting percentage. Uh, they they got uh, they got people all around whether it's Clarkson whether it's Bogdanovich who they missed in the playoffs last year and if it weren't for a toilet bowl three pointer by Mike Conley Jr. they would have beat Denver in that first round. Uh, they, I think it, his health is very de- dependent on even if they get out the first round because there, there's a great chance they'll be playing the Warriors or the Lakers. They're gonna have their hands full and Donovan Mitchell has not played in in two months. We have. You have to you have to have your closer in your best player on the court. That's why I'm kind of scared for Utah, and it's kind of a shame because they've been pretty much the best team in, in basketball all year round. Um, you know, that's my little take on, on Utah. We'll move on. All right, daily fantasy. A fantasy season has concluded, um, but you can still play your hand in a little daily fantasy. Um, who are you looking at for ads in our possible playing games? As of right now, we got Lakers versus Warriors, Grizzlies versus Spurs, Celtics versus Hornets, Pacers versus Wizards. Who do you got to outperform expectations, Kev? Yeah, this one was a tough one for me. Um, I- I'm gonna go with the Wizards. Uh, I- I'm gonna go. I think that they're gonna outperform expectations because their expectations weren't that high to begin with. But they got two very talented guys that I love, and I always got to go for my Stan Russell Westbrook. So I- I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Westbrook. And let's hope that they, if they can get in, man, it'd just be fun for basketball. Like, I don't want to watch the Pacers play in the playoffs. Like, I don't want to watch that. Like, <laughs> They're going to disappoint really again, like, losing five games again. Yeah. Whatever. At least I get to see Russell go off. Like, I, yes. it's all about entertainment at that point. Like, I don't need to see the Pacers boring-ass basketball. Like, I would like to watch Wizards and Beal and them score 140 points and lose or whatever. I don't care. But let, let me have some fun in the playoffs, especially at that level because it's so top-heavy. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to go with the Wizards. I think they're going to outperform expectations there. Yeah, and I was going to say Brad Brad is pretty good as well. Let's hope his, his hamstring kind of heals up because that has been lingering him for a little bit now. Brad, we just we just got our first Russell Westbrook Minch. How are you going to follow that up? Who's outperforming expectations? We're going to follow it up with another Russell Westbrook match. Let's go. <laughs> That's my guy. 40, I mean, 20 and 20. Mark his words. I've never seen <laughs> – somebody who can average a triple double be thought of as such like an underrated like a just a player who who puts up useless stats like it it almost reminds me of like my Andre Drummond take like this guy continues to overachieve he continues to do things people have never seen before and yet he's an afterthought like he's he's somebody that he, I don't even think he's he's in line for like a third team all nba and he's averaged a triple double like any other year he's an mvp Unfortunately, and, yeah, with the with his start of the season, he's not gonna be. And with everyone balling out, he's not gonna make it. But like you, ba- you base it on uh, two last two months, he's first team. But coach, even the the start of his season, while it was like bad, he was still doing triple double numbers. And like the Wizards are a terrible. They were still trying to find their footing. They had the worst defense in the league, and they were still like barely losing. So I, I just think. Whenever you have, you know, two all NBA talents on the same team, 
you can do damage. And especially at that 10 spot, I think they can beat Indiana. I think they can beat, you know, Boston or who, whoever, or Charlotte, whoever comes out of that 7-8 game. Like, I, I honestly think they can win a series in this playoff. So I I, I look forward to, to what happens, whoever they get. Um, if I was the Nets, I'd be very afraid, man. I, I honestly would. Like, I, the Nets lost to the Wizards, I believe, twice this year. So um, if you can beat the Nets, you can beat pretty much any team in the East. And I, I, I honestly, it wouldn't shock me if, if they made a deep run. I want that. I want that Russell versus Harden and Katie, and and then you got Brad in the, in the mix. So that's what kind of what we we want to watch. The people think about this. Think about this. Like every time that Russ has led a team, he's always been the one that takes the last shot. Yeah. Now it can be Brad. Now it can be Brad Beal. Like that's that's a huge that's a huge upgrade for every team that. Russ has been on, with exception of that KD team. You know, KD is the best. Scotty Brooks is going to write up garbage and lose us another game. He is the worst coach in the crunch time. (laughs) These sets are terrible. In fairness fairness to him, though. If you've been watching the games recently, it is the worst JV setup I've ever seen in my life. Get rid of him. It's not great, but we have to <gasps> give him credit. We have to give him credit for the second half of the season the same way we were giving him shit for the first half. So I, I think I don't think it's time to get rid of Scotty Brooks yet. I, I think Russ likes him and that matters. Have you been watching us lately? Anyways, we can't we can't make this a Wizards podcast, but the last we can. Uh, three minutes of the, the last four games have just been god awful and eyesores at the very least, and we've thrown away leads and it's really terrible to watch as a fan. But uh just go rogue. Just go rogue, Brad. All right, all right. Take it over. <laughs> that that also doesn't help because it's like Russell Westbrook and Brad hasn't been playing, so we're like all keying in on that. All right, mm-hmm. Fo, who you got outperforming performances in these playing games? Um, speaking of a Wizards podcast, I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's, it's who I got. Uh, I'm piggybacking, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, the Wizards are coming. You know, we're coming, and uh, the Nets, yeah, they better watch out because Russell Westbrook got some unfinished business with Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and um, he's coming at his neck, but. I mean, you know, we heard all three Wizards. So I, I will say, too, um, Curry, Curry, uh, Curry, he he, um, he wants his throne back, man. And um, I'm not saying he's going to get it, but the Lakers, they, they better know that Curry's coming. He's coming, and he's about to remind us why he was, uh, you know, two-time MVP. So I think that Curry is going to um, carry along that, that um, regular season energy to the, you know, to this game. And, um, yeah, you know, remind us and let us know that, you know, he's here. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to that game also. But, yeah, my Wizards, uh, they're going to handle business, man. Yeah, and and uh, to to piggyback, I had I had Steph. If he if his numbers at thirty eight five, give me the thirty, give me the over. Like I I'm taking uh, Steph Curry. I don't care if it's even against the Lakers. He's 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 putting up ten three point bombs at least. Um, and and win or lo- win or lose, I think that they'll they'll find their way in the playoff. They if they lose to the Lakers, they they'll beat whoever else they'll play. I think that they they'll find themselves in. I think that's better for the NBA to see them in a series. Draymond, I I can see him exceeding whatever assists or, or rebound total that they put out for him. And then I, Jason Tatum's going to give you forty plus. There's no Jalen Green, and he steps up in the playoffs. 
He's one of our better clutch players in the NBA. So uh, those are my guys that I'll be looking at for uh, outperforming whatever expectation is. And, and no matter if it's super, super high, because that's the way Steph Curry plays basketball right now, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be the bar is going to be set very, very high. All right. Now a little plug talk. Wherever you find your podcast, go follow the Triple Play Fantasy Franchise. We all things hoops, gridiron, and diamond covered. If you're not keeping up, you might get past like Brad Beal in the scoring department. Uh, I didn't edit all of this. But Triple Play is giving you the heat like Udonis Haslam in the face of Dwight Howard. If you're enjoying the content, how about dishing out an assist like Jokic full court, QB1, off the defensive glass by giving us five star rating in review. Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, our weekly episode drops, as well as spot interviews. Got to check out the former Redskins wide receiver Santana, eight to the nine Moss, if you have not done so so far. One of the realest to ever bless us with his time. Just want to say thanks to the entire Triple Play Fantasy family for your listens each and every week. And now it's time for a little NBA catch-up for our final week of the season edition, starting with our impressive performance of the week. Who's been doing their Kobe, KG, and Timmy impression on the court? Fall, I'm going to start with you, and I have a feeling uh, it might piggyback from our last segment. (laughs) Russell. Kobe, Dean, Mamba, Westbrook. <laughs> um, came on there, accepted his reward for breaking the record for triple-double, played my guy Nipsey Hustle, grinding on my life. I'm sure that he chose that track. Um, this this guy, man, he reminds me of uh, Kobe back when he lost Shaq doing whatever he could to get his team to the playoffs. Um, and I feel like, you know, if Russell Westbrook uh, was a part of the old NBA. He would still be on OKC doing his thing, getting him to the playoffs, at least first round, waiting for somebody like a Gasol, you know, that can teach him the way a little bit um, to come and, and, and finally get him there to that point. But um, to get off of that, yeah, Russell Westbrook um, – uh, look at the stats real quick. Um, what do you put up? Uh, yeah, 21, 12, and 17. Got the W. Uh, I got to give it to my guy for the uh, week performance. And uh, he's like a um, – he's like a um, – he got a little bit of Kobe in him. He got a little bit of KG in him. Uh, he, he, yeah, he, no, he nobody quite uh, uh, plays the game with more uh, ferocity, aggression, uh quite like Kevin Garnett and, and Russell Westbrook and to be leading the league in assists by like two assists and to be uh t- top five, top six in rebounding as well as, as a point guard dudes that dudes averaging more rebounds than Jokic. He's averaging more rebounds than Embiid and Antetokounmpo. Like it's, it's wild what this guy has been doing this year, Brad. Yeah, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I'm going to go Carl uh, Anthony towns, man. He, um, Minnesota is, they haven't looked good, but they look like, you know, if Ant and Cat and uh, D'Angelo Russell 
had a full year together, I think they could scrape up to like a 7-8 seed, you know, maybe a play-in game, something like that, which is something that Minnesota hasn't sniffed in I don't know how many years. But uh, for the past week, you know, Cat, his last game, he gave us 20-11-4. The game before that, 28-8-5. The game before that, 27-9-4. The game before that, 26-6-4. Like, the dude is just... You know what you get. Like he's just consistently twenty and ten, and and every now and then he'll scrape up a forty point game or a twenty board game. Like he's just somebody you can really count on. Um, the defense isn't there yet, but the way he plays offense, I'm not sure it ever needs to be. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Cat some love. And what a great conclusion to a, a season where this has probably been the roughest year in his life and you know trials yes. and tribulations and from his his mother passing for covid and all of the family members from the to car accident for Jimmy him butler did not care about any of that by the way <laughs> he was just dogging him out there yeah i i don't even want to touch on that because i like jimmy but <laughs> they, they, there's clearly a there's clearly a beef that that still lives uh with there but but for cat he even he, he when he got COVID, it might have hit him stronger than anyone else that we've seen in the nba because yeah. of his family history so for him to kind of have in the season with the with the bang and 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 just be crushing mm-hmm. it statistically and you know they're they actually won won a little bit their chemistry with anthony edwards has gotten better so we'll see I, what they do and see who they get in the draft I think I was like a proponent of them blowing it up this season, but after seeing like the past few weeks how they've all played together, I'm I, I need to walk that back because they look like they they could build something there. Minnesota looks like it might be halfway decent. Yeah, you get K Cunningham, you're in the mix. Kev. <laughs> yeah, I just uh love Brad saying, Well, he's not they're not playing well, but I, yeah, I know I heard him. Sorry. I let him slide. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh and then I like it's it's Jalen Green coach, not not Kate Cunningham. But anyway, uh my guy yes, sir. my guy right now is Trey Young. Um I'm gonna I've never actually gave him a shout out, because uh, I'm not a big Trey Young guy, but he's been balling uh, and you see what he did. He destroyed the Wizards two games in a row on Monday and Wednesday. He had thirty six and thirty three he almost had triple double each one of those games. Um, even against Orlando, it, it, he actually shot fifty percent from the field. He didn't do too much. He didn't shoot great from three point land, but uh, you know what? I got to give him credit. You know, he they're playing pretty well. Um, if you see in the last, if you look at the last seven games, they won six out of seven. Uh, so, and Trey's a big part of that. And ever since they got rid of their coach, they've kind of turned that thing around. So, give a shout out to Trey. I know he's kind of got that. That's done a great job picking up on that too. Yeah, I can't even. How many jobs did McMillan had? Uh, but yeah, Trey Young is is my guy. Yeah, Trey for right now, for this week, I, I think uh, he deserves a little bit of a shout out. I don't know. He's an NBA lifer. I remember when he used to play for the Sonics and Pacers, and he's coached both of those teams uh, since since then. So uh, he's just all NBA, great guy. Um, but yeah, I think that I I love that you brought Trey Young up in the Hawks because they're not really getting talked about. Um, this will be Trey Young's first time in the playoffs, yep. and he he steps up when this when the when the lights are brightest. We've seen what he done he's done in the All Star game and some of those rookie sophomore games. Uh, he he has some of his best, very very best performances, and he is uh, the engine that could for the, for the Atlanta Hawks. He does everything with their offense, and we'll see. He's got some help now, and um, that, that'll be an interesting watch. It, it's looking like. Uh, they they'll be in that six seed, but uh, it's uh, it's it's hard when you're you you have to play one of the better teams in the East, and them being their first time, I don't see them advancing. But I would be glued to the TV because he is must see TV. 
my guy is we got to give flowers uh, to when um, players have milestones and accomplishments. And my guy is Carmelo Anthony, a man who was blackballed or ever you want to say it um, out of the league. Uh, terrible ending in the Houston Rockets. Uh, he's a 10 time all star, six time all NBA, NBA scoring champ, uh, maybe our greatest freshman in college basketball history leading his uh, Syracuse orange to the, the national championship. He has career averages of 23, six and three, right? He gets my nod this week. He moved up to 10th all time in scoring. He's 50 away from nine. Um, I, I just want to, I just would definitely want to shout out Carmelo Anthony. This we this is a legends podcast that we're talking about. And yes. he is an unheralded uh, scorer of the basketball, just a great, great NBA and first ballot future hall of famer. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you with that. Um, uh, for the him not to give up and uh, to, to stay determined and and uh, stick in there and stay and ready, find a place. And now he's he's getting he's getting him. So uh, that's a great one, great uh great call with that, Carmelo. So, uh, so I got a question for you because we had this in the group message before. Who do you think had a better college career, Carmelo or Anthony Davis? Ah. Uh. All right, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll start with this because I didn't even comment in that group thing, but I, did, I, I definitely was thinking that it has to be between the two of them. I think Carmelo had the better season, and it was all on his shoulders to to score. Um, did I think that Anthony Davis affected winning more? Yes, the way that he was playing defense and he just shut down everything. I think he was averaging like four or five blocks a game. He didn't even need to score. He wasn't as polished of the score, but – um, he, that I think that Kentucky team was better because of him, but I think Carmelo Anthony was the better player and had a better season that rookie year. So here, here, I, here I go flip flop and taking both both guys. Hey, I mean, <laughs> he, he's he's my uh, he's my best friend for a reason. I mean, he read my mind on that one. I was <laughs> I was going to say Carmelo. He was he was the guy. I felt like he uh, he really put his team on his back. Uh, you know, Kentucky. You know they're a power. They're a powerhouse. So like, AD AD was like he was like a Kareem to them. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, you know, I feel like Carmelo was more of a, you know, all on me guy. So uh, he he's always been that, and I feel like that's the reason why he hasn't didn't have the the later on success in the NBA because he's so used to being that guy, and the NBA kind of changed, yeah. and it's kind of like the type of place where you got to be able to play with other superstars. You got to be able to have, you know, everybody's joining each other. And Carmelo Anthony's more of an old school guy, more of like, yo, give me the ball, get out the way. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a get us to that, to the land. You know what I mean? So, um, but I gotta, I gotta give him his respect and his flowers for, uh, for what he comes from and what he represents, you know, young Baltimore, New York boy. Yeah. And Brad, who you got? Yeah, man. I, I said in the group chat, man, that mellow championship run was it was something special to watch what was that oh two yeah we're showing our age right now because yeah i was around oh two that was right when i was yeah. in high school right before yeah 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 so I, like i remember watching that i think it was the oh two oh three season because then that that, that draft was the you know 2003 right, exactly. season with, with lebron and d wade and chris Bosh. i i was very young at that time but like i had never seen anybody that looked so so clearly like that they were the only NBA player on the court at all times. Like he, he's always had that smooth fluid game. He's always had that 
beautiful mid-range jumper that it didn't matter how you contested it. It didn't matter unless you blocked it. It was going in the bucket. Like he was just an automatic bucket. He's just a pure score. And it's 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 odd when you know guys like that who can really put the team on their back that they're still loved by their teammates because a lot of times you know that's that's coming from a place of like a, a ball hog like like a Colin Sexton like he gets that ball hog title a lot but Carmelo Carmelo he always had love from his teammates nobody has ever said like a negative word about him that actually plays the game um, I think he's a surefire Hall of Famer he's an a, a was it like a four-time gold medalist? Like he's just got all the accolades, except that that ring. And um, quite frankly, now he's top ten in all time in scoring. Like I'm not sure he needs one. Like he's just he's an all-time player. Three gold, one bronze. They would have got the gold yeah. if 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 you had you have him, D Wade, and LeBron actually playing with with AI and, right. and Timmy. They, they they threw out Steph Marbury, Sean Marion, and. Richard Jefferson and that those I don't know what Larry Brown was thinking, but they they cost us gold, um, and they cost Carmelo number number four. Uh, I remember Foe telling me that when they came out, he's better than LeBron. I was always a LeBron guy, and for like two years, it was looking like I thought that too. He might he might Not have a chance, and I might have to yeah, I had to fall back and and just accept I, that pill. But. I still believe I still believe at that time Carmelo was better than him. He was older, you know, of course, but. I still believe at that time Carmelo was better than him, Le- but LeBron is—he's taking so many leaps. Yeah, I, I disagree. But um, let's hear from Kevin. Hey. <laughs> oh no, first ever jersey yeah, I had was Carmelo. Oh, first it. jersey ever, first yeah. threads. You oh, had. Wow. First jersey oh, wow. ever was Carmelo Nugget jersey. But I just remember watching him. Nice. I think this nice. is a new versus old school. I think because I saw on social media all like the younger kids were saying it has to be AD, and then all the old dudes like us like, oh, what really? the hell are you talking about? Like, you know that they picked wow. AD. They said AD, and it's not even close. And then I see uh, yeah. people, and I, I was guess because like, younger kids like they didn't see that run, they didn't see those two. Yeah. They see like now Carmelo or like late, late yeah. Carmelo. Yeah, that makes they sense. also they also say they they also say mellow instead of love mellow. Stop it, that's blasphemous. Stop doing to that. that. Point, love mellow. To that point, like I I'm I'm still like I'm a LeBron over MJ guy, but I think that's because I'm on the like the younger side of thing. Like yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of every, anybody like older than thirty is saying MJ pretty much. Yeah, even me. I mean, that's my favorite player. But I, I well, I'm letting their their chapter. Yeah, he gets one more. It's, I mean, to me, it's a it's a done done deal. Um, oh, yeah? You can make an argument right now. Yeah, I think if, if the if ring, LeBron, the if ring Le, will do it. If, if LeBron gets it gets number five in in two in, in Los Angeles, especially if it's a back to back and he's at thirty seven. That's my. It's a bona fide thing to me. I don't care. He don't need to get six or seven or whatever. I think five. The 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 way that he did it, the difficulty in which he's done it, the, the different teams that he's done it with. Um, I think that it, so it, it's him. That never made sense to me. Like, if he's still gonna have less rings than MJ, but you think that puts him over the edge, that means you think he's a better player. Yeah. Yeah, because of totality, dur- uh, durability, uh, just being there. Like, like for me, like uh, Michael Jordan, he quit for his own reasons, but he didn't play. Uh, he's not at the end of uh, LeBron's day. He didn't play twenty straight seasons with nineteen All Stars and just, uh, just efficiency at the highest, highest of level. And you, you gotta there. He's gonna break every single record uh, possible. I, but we'll. It's fair. Again, I, you- yeah. Yeah. There's no winning either side of the argument. Like we can do that, you know, for days. But um, do I, people I, really think? that 
do people really think like Jordan was more talented than LeBron as a basketball player? I I don't I think so. Like I that I I don't I certainly he, don't. But he was a killer in the clutch. He was he was That's fine, a, but a defender wise, high elite wise, I think it's I don't think we've yeah, yeah we've never oh we've never sure, but we've never seen like a guy that had every skill set that LeBron has and how he's just modified himself for every era of the game. Like LeBron used to not be able to shoot. And now he's like a, what, 35% or better. Like he's, he led the league in assists last year. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, he's 37. Like, I don't, I, I don't think there's ever been a greater player. And I, he can guard one through five. Uh, he's it, clutch. Which, even which though MJ could league. not do. Yeah. Well, hey, let's, uh, Let's yeah, save that we, some of this we, we move for on, another yeah. day because yeah. this is uh, I just you just blew my mind trying to go into this conversation. I could we can sit here and, and talk all day. Um, we, we were we were gonna take uh, talk about takeaways from this uh injury riddled COVID season. Um, but but time's running against us. So basically, you know, this was a money grab from the NBA from day one from them starting before Christmas for them playing the all star game that the players were against. Um, they're rushing it, they got people playing back-to-back five games in, in six days uh, over in the West Coast, your East Coast team. Like, it's been crazy what these players had to overcome. Um, but I, they're trying to get back on track for that 2022 season, and hopefully the fans will be back because that's where it's leaning. Um, we'll, t- we'll talk more about the, the conclusion of this season at a later time. But our newest uh, segment of Trip Play Hoops, it's who you got. Um, we're going to take our pick for Coach of the Year. And we're going to start with Kev- Coach Kevin Coleman. Yeah, I mean it's Tibbs, right, from New York. I don't know how it can. Oh, yeah, it's Tibbs. Check it off. I think it's. I think you kind of have to. I, I think he's done yeah. a great job there. I don't know if he's the kind of coach though. He's going to be there like two, three years, and then those players are going to be like, "I hate you." But he does those three years, and he grinds, <laughs> and he he kills it. So I think it's Tibbs. I don't. I don't see how it could be. I mean, it could be. I guess somebody else, but I don't think. I don't think anybody else wins it. Anybody got somebody else other than Tibbs? I do. I um. I think Tibbs is going to win, and he probably should. But if it was my vote, I'd go with Monty Williams, man. I okay. um, Yeah, it's it's either it's 1A, 1B. The one, one of those guys are going to get it. Yeah, like I, I know he's got Chris Paul now, but there's been a lot of teams that have had Chris Paul, and none of them finished as the two-seed in the West. I think the job that he's done with an organization that is consistently awful is is pretty mind-blowing. The job that he did with you know just Devin Booker last year in the bubble them going 8 and 0 I think that really set a foundation for what they believed that they could achieve and it's just kind of it's kind of kept that same course throughout this year and they're playing on both ends of the floor they're playing offense they're playing defense um and that's all with without having like a lot from DeAndre Ayton so I I just think the job that he's done is it's been incredible and um if he won I I, I think it would be just as deserving as Tibbs I think it's just as deserving, and I just wanted to, to put this out there, the, why I got Tibbs over. Is, uh, Chris Paul is kind of like a, a coach himself. Um, he helps. Uh, he helped a lot with that with that Suns, and I think with Tom Div- Dividow gave a direction to a New York Knicks franchise that, were go- that was going absolutely nowhere. He's empowered R.J. Barrett to make this huge jump to second year uh, as being a, a certified great, uh, like really good pro, and Julius Randle is now – uh, a legitimate All NBA player and leader of that team, and they, they they're now a top five defensive team. I think what Tibbs is he's he's brought structure, he's brought um, accountability to a franchise that lacked that for you know ten plus years. 
So that's my own, that's my art. And it's big, it's the big apple. At the end of the day, you, you like, it's almost like a little bit of a better story, but Hey, the Suns do have, you know, number one, number two record in that, in that Western conference. Um, but I did want to save some time for our last uh, note. And that is uh, our question of the week, our favorite 2020 hall of fame enshrinement player in memory featuring three of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. That's Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, in the late great Kobe Bryant, I'm gonna start with Fo. Kobe, I mean, he's a um, he's a true he's a he's a true marksman for the game. Uh, the, the mama mentality is something that uh, will live on forever. And we see that book in the background. I see you got it up there. Oh yep. Um, Other way. Oh, well. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, the mom mentality. Hey man, this this book just um, you know, this is a little taste of uh, what he's been through, and uh, you know, Kobe, I love how he showed how you can still have loyalty. He had loyalty to his to his organization, but at the same time, he represented himself and was his his own person. He uh. He shows what a true man is. You know, he he went out to war, um, did what he had to do, and focused on doing fully on what he had to do, grinded out, left it all on the court, showed up to every game, did everything he could possibly do to win the game. Um, and uh, honestly, I feel that he is uh, really, you know, when you say Kobe Bryant, I mean, you're saying KG and Tim Duncan, too, because Kobe Bryant was trying to take your head off like KG, but he's a student of the game like Tim Duncan, coachable like Tim Duncan. I mean, yes, Tim Duncan has traits that he doesn't have. KG has traits that he doesn't have. But that's why Kobe, to me, is is the guy, man. He um he he brought it all. And um, rest in power to Kobe uh, Bryant. I mean, I actually – uh. I don't know if it's a good time, but um, just just to show you how much uh, Kobe Bryant has affected me, um, and uh, me and my partner Josh, you know, we we came up with our own pair of shoes for my um, nonprofit organization. Wow! And uh, is a uh, you know hand painted, and it's it's all based on Kobe. All you know, you know the the Lakers colors. I thought I was a diehard Lakers fan until Kobe Bryant left. And then I realized I'm a diehard Kobe fan. Um, Absolutely. And he's embodied in, in your whole nonprofit organization. He's embodied. He's, 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 he's our colors. Of. You know, you see uh, this picture. That's a picture of uh, one of our teams. We, we picked our colors because of Kobe. He lived the shirt. Forever. And, um, it, you know, hey, you know what I mean? There you go. There you go. Yeah, you know, even the Guardians' colors are are are, are yellow and purple. And yeah, all that. So like, and I love how you know he didn't choose twenty; he chose twenty four. You know what I mean? Like he was always thinking, you know, to be the best I could be. You know what I mean? So like, uh, rest in power to Kobe Bryant. And um, speaking about our first conversation about the WNBA, I mean, look, who who is his bloodline? You know what I mean? Yeah, his daughters. Um, Vanessa Bryant, they are the oh. ones that are really know the secrets. They're the ones that's going to give us that message and that's uh, carrying on his legacy. So 
Uh, Kobe Bryant was would, would would be so happy to see what they're doing for the WNBA. He's he's up there smiling right now, and uh, he um and uh yeah. So it's clear, and it's clear to see his impact with you. Um, I want uh, Kev, um, a little West Coast perspective. Tap into your uh your your Kobe memory and what you know, kind of what he's meant to you. Yeah, on the one year anniversary of him of his dad, I wrote an article about him and kind of how he meant to me because I started hating Kobe because I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. And he killed me when I was growing up in the early 2000s because we had our best teams. And he just would – he just annihilated me. I went to that game seven in Sacramento and we should have won. And uh, Kobe had a triple-double and just killed us. So I still remember it. And then as I got older um, and as I started coaching, I started realizing the things I wanted my players to embody is what Kobe embodied. So, like, I started thinking, like, hey, you need that mentality. And then I was like, gosh, dang it, you need mama. And then I was like, yeah, you know what? Kobe was on the right – like, what he did – for the game. I don't think a lot of people understand. Um, and as a coach, those are the kids I love to coach the kids that, you know, it's all about winning. It's not about anything else. It's not about your shoes. It's not about like, Oh, just, Hey, just get out on the court and just do whatever you can for your team. And those kids don't come a lot. I've, I've coached maybe I've been coaching for 10 years. I maybe had three or four of them, but when you get them, you're like, damn, that's the type of kid you want. And so Kobe embodies that. And then as a girl, dad, um, that definitely tugged at me a little bit this last year, uh, put things in new perspective as well for me. Uh, it kind of changed everything for me, to be honest. When he passed, it was one of the first pa- like people that passed away that I really got affected by. Like I still remember where I was at. I, I, mean, I remember I just hugged my kids, my girls that day. I really just hung out with them. Like I didn't really do anything else, and it was just surreal – uh, and it still kind of stuck with me to where, like, hey, you know, I, my main focus is my girls, you know, just because of how good of a dad he was and how stupid you can get wrapped up in the other crap. And I, I started realizing how precious life was. So for me, um, I th- that's kind of his legacy. As far as basketball, one of my favorite moments of his, there's a million, is when he willed them to the gold medal against Spain uh, and just and got that gold. And you saw LeBron, those guys, like, you know, they basically deferred to Kobe and Kobe's like, hey, we're winning this damn medal. And it just kind of showed what he was um, and just everything about him. But, yeah, he he's special. Well, I miss him. I miss him being around the game and there. So I'm hoping that, you know, these these players will continue that legacy. Brett. Yeah, man, there's, there's not much to say that hasn't already been said. I mean, you know, my – my earliest and best memories of basketball and playing it pretty much all involved Kobe. I mean, from even being a kid and like waking up at two, three AM to watch, you know, him in the Olympics and then later spending all day just playing basketball with my friends and, you know, whenever you're you're working on your game, trying to make teams as a young kid, you try to embody all the things that he that he brought to the game and then I think he probably had his biggest impact on me after he left, you know, when he passed, because, you know, between the pandemic and and Kobe's passing, like it really just taught me that, you know, tomorrow's not promised. And, you know, you know the saying like you you make plans and God laughs like that's that's very real. Like, you know, tomorrow's not promised. You don't know what's going to happen and you just kind of have to live every day like it's your last. And I think that's that's more of a lesson that he could bring to people than, than anything that he did on the basketball court. So, um, I, you know, I have tremendous love for Kobe. He's, not only is he one of the greatest players in the game, but he's probably one of my favorites of all time. And that's going to stay forever. Absolutely. And um, 
some some moments that I want to talk about with Kobe is uh, 11 year, 12 year old boy. Uh, my favorite player was uh, Glenn. My first favorite player was Glenn Rice, and um, he happened to get get traded to the Lakers, and he actually averaged more points with that that bit with with Shaq and Kobe than anyone else. But with that came uh, super appreciation of uh, Kobe Bryant. I mean, as a young young superstar, I got my uh, 2000 championship hat. Following that team, having someone to kind of root for as a young kid and. Um, all of my friends, it was the, it was their favorite favorite player because uh, how talented he would, the style in which he played, uh, and the, the fearlessness. Um, a quote that I I love from him is uh, this is him in relation to LeBron James and them kind of coming together as opposed to everyone putting them apart. He says, on and off the court, we approach our approach is the same, right? We want to make the right play and we want to give it our all. So I like certain little quotes like that. I always go through YouTube and I'm just watching interviews so I can get a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more wisdom um, on the on the court. I mean, what else can you say? Five time all star, 15 time all NBA, more all star appearances than anyone else. Uh, his work ethic, his defensive stalwart, his toughness and his annoyingness to ask the questions to get better. I mean, he built a relationship with with him and Michael because he was super, super annoying. He needed to pick his brain and know how to find a way to get better. And then his biggest moment to me outside of 81 points and, um, you know, the Olympic gold where they they really did lean on him. They're they're down three, two to the rival Boston Celtics. And for him to put his team on his back and win those last two games in a game seven where he, he he was an abysmal shooting he shot I think he was shot like four for 24 it was terrible but he did everything in his power to will his team to victory he had 15 rebounds he got to the line 15 times he ended with 23 and he ended up with the game winning assist to Metal world peace that sealed the deal so um his uh, his ability to change and get better both on the court and after the court off the court um He's just a great, great, great human being, and um, really there's no one else that is really going to replace uh, what he brought to all of us, and it does make us appreciate uh, these individuals a little bit more. And we all remember where we were that Sunday morning and how it kind of just crushed our all, all of our days, and I know a lot of tears were shed. So we shout out uh, Kobe Bryant, um, the Bryant family, and, uh, you know, we're all, we're all thinking about you. It kind of just hits us at, at different moments, but Kobe Bryant is, is a one of uh, – one of a kind, one of a million, one of a quadrillion. We're going to move on to uh, somebody that, uh, you know, doesn't show as much personality. Um, but I think the respect for this human being is the same. And I think for all three of these players, uh, the respect, respect goes out the window. And that is Tim Duncan. Um, Tim Duncan is a five-time champion he should have been six time, uh, 15 time all star, three times final MVP, two time league, league MVP. Um, and what, what's super impressive for me, I'm just going to go on my uh, Timmy tangent first is his ability to adjust. They wanted a, a championship in, in 99, they wanted one in 2003, they didn't win in 04, they won in 05, right? He, he would go through ups and downs, but he would always adjust, even in the Miami series. When uh, Ray Allen hits the three, they lose. The next year, there was no way that they were going to lose. He was going to put his team in the right situation. Whether he was getting the ball like he used to anymore, he changed his game. And uh, one of the great both-way players that we've ever seen, the greatest power forward to ever live, and that is Tim Duncan. Brad? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to group 
group both of those players together since uh, we're running low on time. But between Timmy and KG, it almost represents the, the dichotomy of the game. And like KG was very loud, boisterous and in your face. And Tim Duncan was very reserved, quiet, you know, graceful. And they're two incredible models for kids that have, you know, their personalities are completely different. You know, if you're a quiet person, you can look up to Timmy. You can say, okay, I can be this guy. I don't have to, I don't have to always, you know, talk trash or, or run my mouth or, or do anything like that. And if you're somebody who's like very intense and, and, you know, you love the, the pickup style of, of the game, you know, KG is probably an inspiration to you. You see somebody that, you know, is very hard nosed and, also a hard worker. We're talking about a guy who he came out of the league. You know, he came into the league as a high schooler. You know, that he, he was a child. He was a kid and he dominated from the jump. And he's another loyal guy to an organization that wasn't necessarily always loyal to him. And um, I, I think they both represent players who are role models for kids. And um, that's on the court and off the court. Like you, you wouldn't hear anything negative about either of them. So um, I, I'm very happy that they're both in the Hall of Fame and especially that they're they're in the same the same class. Kevin. Yeah, I'll do the same. I'll keep it quicker. You know, like we talked about, Duncan was just somebody that is just a consummate professional and you knew you were going to get him from every every day. He was going to show up and play. Uh, and, and even my younger self, you had to respect him. I loved KG's passion. Uh, the thing about him is like, you know, just he, he it, it went a little overboard sometimes, uh, you know, Charlie Villanueva, but everything else, like it looked like, hey, you know, he he did he did what he needed to do. KG, KG just wanted to play, wanted to play hard. Uh, he brought the Celtics that championship. So for me, you know, watching those two guys, having these three guys go in is amazing together. But having watching those two guys and what they've done for basketball, I mean, they're three of the greatest players ever, in my opinion. Like those guys are three of the greatest players that play basketball and success in my time in my era and I'll always remember kind of what they did and they were com competitors that entire time and they at the end of the day they the respect was there when they ended their careers and it was just kind of nice to to mm -hmm. see that when they all were battling they all cost each other championships especially Tim and Kobe um, going head to head winning and losing against each other along those ways so uh, KG He's um, looking at him play in his career. He represents old school basketball all in one. If you see KG, you you know what old school real basketball is about. Um, Tim Duncan, um, true man of sportsmanship, student of the game. He put his team first. He's like yep. Jesus Christ on the court. You know what I'm saying? Um, this guy is a, is, um, is a true legend, true, you know, best power forward. Um him and KG, so yeah, uh, uh, those are great players, and they definitely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Also, another thing about Timmy, you know, he's teaching kids you don't have to specialize, man, because he was a swimmer. Like a lot of these guys are, you know, they're they're spending all their time playing basketball because that's yeah. that's what you have to do to make it to the league. But you know, people of of generations prior to us, you know, they were playing football, they were playing, you know, they were running track. We were talking to Santana Moss how he his journey to the NFL came through running track. Like it's, you don't have to specialize to get to where you want to be. I think you should be as well-rounded as possible. You can learn lessons through, you know, any different sport and you can also improve your body through any different sports. So I, I think Timmy's a, a special model for that as well. 
Absolutely. And I'm going to end on my um, Kevin Garnett talk. And uh, this is one of the most thrilling, exciting, passionate competitors the game has ever seen. Of course, we all think about the anything is possible when he won a championship for the Boston Celtics. But one of my fondest memories is when he had an interview with the late John Thompson. I watch this every every couple years is uh, is the, the pain and authentic nature in which he spoke about not winning. Um, and, and John Thompson kind of brings it out of him. He says, 100 percent, 30 percent. I suit up. Ain't no numbers. It's my heart. And you can't measure that. And it gets emotional as uh, he's asked, what's driving you? Why do you play so hard? And with tears of pride, he responds that I'm losing. I'm losing. I'm losing. It's not tennis. It's not golf. It ain't about me. It's about us. And he showed all of that passion. You know, he won the MVP the year before for the Minnesota Timberwolves. But it was time to kind of for him to move on so that he could sacrifice, which he did when he came to Boston and became defensive player of the year. And led really truly sacrificed for them to win those that championship. Another thing about KG is I put my uh, triple play fantasy movie minute hat on. He was excellent in uncut gems. <laughs> excellent, and uh, I, I, recommend, that. I recommend that. That's a movie. That's a good, like that's a good watch. Yeah. Um, maybe the ending might not have been the best in some people's opinion, but that was like an excellent ending. It's entertaining. It's entertaining all the way through. You feel like you're just kind of driving with him through this weird, wild day. And uh, KG was amazing in that movie. Really good. Really good. All right. So uh, we're going to kind of close things out. Uh, Brad, Kevin, great job today. This is uh, is kind of a little bit more emotional and thought worthy conversations than maybe some of our arguments. Uh, We will get back to arguing and yelling at each other in future episodes, but we do want to. Thank Anthony Brown and uh, Guardians of Ga- Galaxy to uh, Guardians of Sport for showing up. Foe, Foe, get some plugs in, man. Yeah, that's what I was leaning towards next. Go ahead and plug yourself. Yo, um, I appreciate it, man. Uh, just to tell you about who we are, um, we're we're a local sports organization that's here to service athletes, but it doesn't it doesn't just stop there. That's just half of what we are. Um, we started in 2019 and. We were here to do what the NBA is trying to do, but that's what we started off already knowing what we're doing. We're here to to be here for our community, to give back to the community, and um, uh, doing things like fundraisers, donations, um, service projects for the youth, and everything that everything that we do is for everybody to come together as one to compete and to to you know for the top athletes to get a platform to you know show yourself i mean it, it, it's um it's unfortunate that so much people dedicate you know their lives to sports and a lot of times they just get cut short um you know just for you know small things or they they get sidetracked and we're here we're here for all those you know we're here for you know there's a lot of athletes that come from underprivileged um circumstances and we're here to sponsor these guys and and to um give them a platform to you know to make it to that next part but we're always keeping the mama mentality, always keeping the mama mentality for entrepreneurship and to always, you know, build your own legacy. And um, so that's what we want to install into each and every, um, you know, adult or youth that we run into. Um, 
And uh, yeah, just and for me, and for me, like it's it's giving a, a a people a place to feel wanted. This is all ages. This is they start with youth programs and they go all the way up to adults where you you kind of you fall your way out out of high school and you were this prominent high school star playing basketball, but you you're, maybe your future is not clear. You put all your eggs in your basket in basketball. Yes. This gives you an opportunity to still feel like you got a place. Exactly. We're, we're starting at the youth, so these guys can um, you know can can learn, learn the things that they need to be able to succeed um, in life. And, um, and, and also people, you know, that already have went past that point, you know, we're willing them in after college or even before college to get them, to help them be that bridge to get to wherever they need to go, whether it's professional sports, whether it's college or there's guys, you know, on different levels that's just trying to play ball. We have levels for each and every person and also for kids with, um, disabilities and uh just to make an announcement we have uh it's a very big thing we got a high school our very first high school league starting july 7th um so you know any high school team that wants to come play um get at us at guardians under slash of under slash sport or guardians.com or you can contact us at this number 301-915-7529 that's my partner 5050 partner, co-owner, Josh French. You can't say Guardians Sport without saying Josh. Yeah, shout out Josh and everything the Guardians is doing. Um, reach out to everybody in the DMV that wants to bump, whether it's adults or uh, or high school kids. This is some of the top tier competition that you're going to find in this area. That's all we have. Shout out to Rod Delic for, for that song that JL played for a little bit. That's my brother based out of Houston. Theme song, Gardens of Sport. He's the writer, the artist, and the producer. He's coming to a city near you. And shout out to Triple Play. I'm a huge fan, undisputed. First take, got nothing on y'all. Let's go. <laughs>